Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Awesome possum. All right. Hi, kitties, and welcome to a very special episode of the Midnight Fright Cast. We are celebrating Women in Horror Month. My name is Maddie. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me this evening, as always, is Greg, the doctor of filmonomics, who is somewhere sitting on Josh's lap, I was told. I'm not sitting on Josh's lap. That's a falsehood okay well whatever <laughs> in your mind i'm sure you are um <laughs> there's there's so many comments i could make right now and i'm just not going to <laughs> you might as well no 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 you're actually in-house so we don't pick on you that much so lame yeah and we have guests come on uh, <laughs> sitting i'm sure at the head of the table is patrick the doctor of everything else hey everybody how's it going and we also have josh josh what's your phd in again i do not have mine yet Okay, we'll figure we'll figure it out. And joining us, we are really, really excited this evening to have two really special, really awesome people. We have Miss Dorothy and Miss Heather. Hi, ladies. What's up? And as we said, we are celebrating Women in Horror Month tonight. So we have two really amazing people who are here with the local film scene. And they're just going to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what it means to be a woman in horror. So let's get started. Yeah. Um, we were just <laughs> talking before the cast. What were we talking about? Sorry, as I said, I've been drinking. But I just want, <laughs> <laughs> I want um, Heather and Dorothy, could both of you just introduce yourselves to our lovely listeners and say a little bit more about what you do? and just kind of how long you've been in the Nebraska film scene. Sweet. Yes. Hey, this is Dorothy. I am a director, writer, producer. I've been in the Nebraska film scene since, I don't know, like maybe the late 90s. And uh, I've got three horror features that are out. You can watch them all on Prime. Some of them are on cable on demand. Yeah, I think that kind of covers my plan. (laughs) What I'm up to horror wise. So, yeah. Okay, and I'm Heather, and I do effects and uh, makeup work, prop work, um, costuming sometimes. Um, I sometimes provide my child as an actress. (laughs) (laughs) Always with the love on the set, keeping everything chill. Um, I've been told I'm the cheerleader to kind of keep morale up. Um, You are. I've been on set with you, and (laughs) you're like the only (laughs) cheerful one at hour, like 20. Good problem solving. (laughs) Heather's got the mad skills. Yeah. I try to think outside the box whenever I can. Awesome. And um, how long have I been doing this? Um, Since about, oh gosh, it's been... 2000 and I think Kaylee was like, um, what, seven years old or something like that. So we're talking uh, probably six years, I think I've been working. Awesome. We'll just kind of go back and forth and I'm going to ask you guys some questions. I guess the men can jump on and ask questions and put their two cents in if they want to. But this is going to be a very estrogen filled cast. So, so only Patrick can ask questions. <laughs> yeah, so only Patrick is allowed to ask fine. questions. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. <laughs> 
for once, I don't have a response. Whoa, oh my he's lord! Speechless. He's keeping that rapier wit in, in its wow. yeah, in its sheath. Oh, Good work. We've got a we got a long night ahead of us. <laughs> Before we were, we kind of hopped on here, uh, Dorothy, you were talking about your trip to California. You want to tell us a little bit about what you were doing out there besides, I don't know if you were enjoying that sweet legal weed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I do want to talk about my awesome California trip. I went out um, with my creative partner, Chad Hofschild, and we went out to do two things. We wanted to hang out with our friend, Dustin Ferguson, who's out there making a crap ton of horror movies. And then we wanted to um, meet our friend Royce Dudley. He is a guy who is operations manager for a studio, a small studio in Canoga Park out there. So we got a tour. We got to hang out with him, chat with him a little bit. That was pretty sweet. And we got to run around and with Dustin and do a bunch of shooting. We shot for, there's a weed puppet guest star show i kind of it's been described to me as like the yo gabba gabba for stoners which honestly yo gabba gabba could be for stoners just in general but this is with like celebrities that are like into weed and so like andy dick and tommy chong and it's uh puppets and just craziness and i think that um adult swim is looking at picking it up so we Hmm. got to do a little puppeting do a little hanging out with that And then uh, we met like an effects guy out there, a guy named Joe Castro, who's doing some Friday the 13th effects work. And uh, we got to see like his inner workshop and that shit was crazy. He was showing us things that, of course, I was like, can I take a picture? He was like, no, no, no. this hasn't come out yet. Blah, blah, blah. But stuff that looked like real. You just wanted to touch it like it's alive, isn't it? Yes. Don't wake it up. Um, and then we were incredibly fortunate to get to um, have meetings with Brink Stevens and um, Kelly Maroney, two amazing 80s scream queens. And so it was an awesome trip. A lot of driving, but an awesome trip. Where in California were you? We were kind of all over what I think of as like L.A. proper. We were in some of the sleeper communities outside to the east of L.A., like uh, Marietta, Riverside. Corona. And then we went as far as Oceanside, California, little Top Gun, you know, aspect there. Then we were in Hollywood when the Oscars were going on on Sunday and everything was all shut down. There were helicopters everywhere. So yeah, I we probably crisscrossed that the radius of, you know, probably 200 miles. I don't know. Oh, I'm so jealous. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was great seeing the pictures that were getting posted up on Facebook and everything else. Every time you'd hit mm-hmm. a new place, you'd, you know, you'd try to drop a picture and everything. So it was really, really kind of cool to, you know, follow along as you guys were moving around. You know, lived like, vicariously through you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, go ahead, Maddie. I was going to say, I did see those puppets and I was like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite is the weed nugget puppets. There's a little baby weed nuggets. And then there's a big mama weed nugget who's always like mad and yelling. Oh, so adorable. And yeah, all of that social media stuff is Dustin. Dustin's had mad skills when it comes to social media. He's like, oh, we got to, you know, catch this moment, put it up there. So, yeah. That's awesome. Ah. Do you plan on going back out there anytime soon or? Yeah, I was telling everybody here at the table that Chad and I went out there originally because we're trying to take a next step for our filmmaking. We are trying to figure out how we can either go out to L.A. and shoot for like a long weekend with some name actors or 
bring some name actors to Lincoln briefly to have them be in our next feature or our next projects. So we wanted to kind of make some connections. We wanted to see if we could make it financially viable. And so that was kind of the beginning of that. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to go out again this year and kind of continue with that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. That sounds really cool. I'll go ahead and ask both of you this. What really got you into the horror genre? Oh, goodness. Well, I was a theater major uh, when I went to UNL for a short time. And uh, then I switched over to art. And then it wasn't until I was working at my regular job where someone had said, hey, there's somebody that has uh, auditions up. So I auditioned and I didn't get a role, but they said, hey, we see that you're an artist and you know we need help. And so that was um, Matt and those guys at Dead Lantern. So I started on Isabel and I, I knew nothing other than just doing Halloween makeup. And so just on myself, Halloween makeup on myself and whatnot. And so I just kind of sank or swim, you know, that's pretty much it is, you know, you got to make this stuff happen. And we were in Aurora, so we didn't have a lot of options. So it was go to the general store and find whatever you can that can squirt blood out of it. And <laughs> so I'm making blood at the kitchen table and, you know, using a lot of cotton balls and latex and, and all of and that. And condoms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Maddie had the condoms so we could fill those full of blood. And we stabbed her quite a bit with a pitchfork. That was fun. Squirting blood all over the place. Yeah. So... My introduction was working with Maddie, so that was that was fun. It was stressful, and it was it was fun, and so I didn't know that there was anything for film in you know I didn't even know if I would like being in film. My my stuff was um, being in plays and stuff like that, and so when I found out about the film scene, I was like, oh wow, this is kind of cool. Like I didn't know that any of this stuff existed here at all. I mean, I knew there was a Johnny Carson theater and all that, but. I didn't really know that there was a group of people doing this. So it was a whole new world to, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's definitely brought, it's broadened my life. The fact that I get to meet all these different people and I get to try these different things and, and just tell myself, okay, if it did or didn't work that time, what can I do to make it better the next time? And so it's that constant learning and it's, it doesn't get old, you know? So I, yeah, I enjoy it. That's how I got in. And your daughter got into it too. Oh yeah, yeah. She loves it too. She um, she's actually uh, she got accepted to the uh, arts and humanities school, and they only accept like twenty kids a year to go into that school. So she's part of a very small, you know, a select few, and she loves it. She's she feels like it's her people. She finally found her tribe, you know. Because then, not to knock regular, you know, normal high school or, or elementary or anything like that, but it's it's just when you have a, a group of people. And this is what I told, what I've told her a lot is one of these days you'll find your tribe, you'll find your group. And that's, you know, that's what I had found. You know, I was like, I found my people, people that I feel comfortable with that I can act goofy. You know, I was a cheerleader in high school and I would act weird and they lovingly gave me the nickname freak because I would act weird and you know, just do weird things. And I would always have like the movie references just boom right on top of everything. And my daughter is very much like that. And so I said, you will find your group. You'll find your people that you feel comfortable with. And, and so she's finding that with the arts group. And so she's been writing scripts since she was 11. And uh, she hopes to direct. She's been in quite a few, you know, shorts and movies. And, and so she really enjoys it. She's helped me on some of the, uh, the sets with props and whatnot. And so, yeah, she, she really enjoys it. 
I love that. Pass that torch, Heather. Mm-hmm. She's my minion. <laughs> I've got two minions because Dylan's showing quite a bit of skill with his Lego and drawing. And I mean, like, it seems weird to say, oh, look, he can do Legos. He's artistic. Well, he, I mean, it is. It's that's the I mean, literally building blocks of, of where you start is if I put these together in this formation, it looks like this. Well, he's really showing promise. So it's like, yeah, I got two minions now. Exciting. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Agreed. How about you, Dorothy? What got you interested in horror? My horror interest is, let me go back to say, when I was growing up, my mother was like, no horror. It's <gasps> every, Same with me. Yeah, n- yeah. You can't watch that. Mm-hmm. But what I was a huge reader. So I'm reading Stephen King, scaring the shit out of myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, my mom is totally into true crime. And it's funny to me, and I think that this is just like a mother-daughter thing, that she never saw the connections between true crime and horror. Like, we'd have conversations at dinner tables about her going, and the murder scene. (laughs) (laughs) And as a kid, I'm like, yeah, let's problem solve this. (laughs) Who killed her? Or whatever. And so the other thing that I think, and I've thought about this a bunch, is the two, I love genre. And the two genres that were primarily around when I was growing up in terms of movies were like teen comedies and horror. And so those were just the things that I loved to watch the most. I was really about those. I mean, they're, you know, certainly sci-fi, but there was just something about horror that I really enjoyed. So I had always wanted to be a filmmaker and I originally Star Wars and Terminator were the two things that I really like, you know, clicked for me. And I Terminator is great because it's like a horror action sci-fi, you know? It's just so, it's got all the genre right there. I didn't think that I would ever be able to be a part of filmmaking. Maybe I would get to like make the posters. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be like a graphic designer or like an illustrator or something like that. But at some point, it must have been um, when I was living in Boulder and video cameras suddenly became like so much easier to like get access to. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I want to make movies. Give me that camera. And so when Chad and I got together and we started talking about like, oh, how are we going to, you know, make, what are we going to do? I want to get distribution. I had seen a movie called Fear of Clowns that a friend of mine had seen. They'd rented it at a Blockbuster and they were laughing. They were like, it's so bad. And I was like, I have to see that movie, which I saw it. And then I was like, you know, if someone made Fear of Clowns and it got in Blockbuster, I'm pretty sure that anyone can make a film in a blockbuster. It's all about who you know. So I was like, let's make a horror film. And that's how that happened. Yeah. What was your first horror film? Gosh, what was my first? I think it was um, one of the Friday the 13th because I, too, uh, you know, it was, no, no, no. I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street, actually. My parents were like, why would you want to watch that crap? And so... Uh, so it's kind of funny that I do this now and, you know, they don't necessarily watch it, but they're support, they support me and they're like, oh, that's great that you're doing that. But they're not going to necessarily watch everything. So I kind of show them some of the lower key stuff and they're like, oh, that's cool. But um, I had a friend in high school that she watched it all the time and she was a big reader, avid reader. And so she would watch it. And so I'd spend the night at her house. And I remember, I don't remember which which one it was, but it's the one where they kind of start breaking the fourth wall in Nightmare on Elm Street where Heather Landenkamp, they're like, she's playing herself. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we're sleeping and she's got butter knives attached to her fingers. And she's like, 
Heather. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like, oh you Who bitch. Is this oh my god. She's a terrible person. But it was <laughs> terrifying. But it was but it was awesome. So I was like, okay, you got me. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I think I want to say that was my first one was was Nightmare on Elm Street. So that series. That's a good one too cuz what a classic franchise. Yeah, that is. I mean, to me it's you know, looking back on these things, not thinking about it when I watched them, but looking back at them now, I think holy shit, they used a sheet for a wall and he pushes through it you know just some of these things and so i'm like oh my god so every time i watch a movie i don't want to say this ruined for me but every time i watch a movie i think how did they do that or oh i bet you i know how they did that and you know even my kids i'm probably going to go to hell i let my kids watch horror movies but you know they're they're kind of desensitized to it because they're like oh i've seen you know even my son dylan who's five he's like i've seen mom look like a zombie i know that's fake and even my my niece, they, they've done the same thing. They've said, hey, you know, this is makeup. This is, this is what your aunt does. And so it's kind of helped her along to not be so scared of it. And so I, this taboo about kids not being able to watch. I mean, sure, obviously there's some things they should not watch. But, you know, some of the lower scale stuff, if they learn about the process, then I think it, you know, you can still get scared, but it, it eases the the scare and it doesn't make you so freaked out or they just introduce the zombies to the kids like five minutes before they're filming right josh right yes <laughs> that's it <laughs> no kaylee wasn't scared of anybody though when she was on on remission she was she was like hey everybody <laughs> but aren't you concerned that when the real zombie apocalypse happens that True. he's going to be thinking ah, it's not real. you know kaylee though she's got it planned she's like i know where i'm gonna go i know what i'm gonna do i know what type of weapons we need it's like she's got all this stuff from dead rising she's like i know how i'm gonna make this weapon <laughs> she's got it all figured out she's, she's got like, world war z is, like yeah all the she does pages are dog-eared like, and underlined this like, is okay, exactly this. what we're and gonna do that. We're exactly going to do this. Right Is she here. going to Costco? Because that's my plan. <laughs> Actually, her first plan was to go to the elementary school because she, when she was younger, because she's like, the gymnasium has bars on all the or has bars on the two windows. There's like no windows in that room except for two, you know, large doors that have bars on, you know, like the crisscross bars <clears> in the windows, and they're like really small, so it's not big enough for someone to try to get their way in. And she goes, "I'm staying in there," and all of the doors um, they lock during the like during school they lock so people can't come in from outside unless you have a a button to press it and it's like that's pretty good that's a good idea and you got the gymnasium so you can run around in circles you know you gotta get your cardio up so then when you do have to go for a supply run (laughs) then you're ready oh my gosh (laughs) i think i digressed us i don't (laughs) i don't even remember what was the question no (laughs) <laughs> it was what was your first horror movie and oh, now we okay. know exactly where to find your daughter during the zombie apocalypse so right right that also yeah. works yeah <laughs> that is one of the things i love about horror is it helps you plan for terrible events honestly you know does. i mean i've read articles about that where they're like you know in essence we live in such a time of like plenty and peace that watching these movies maybe helps us go oh yeah what would i do mm-hmm. how would i react how would i like not get killed mm-hmm. makes sense yeah. i believe it <laughs> and dorothy what was your first horror movie eh? the first horror movie that i ever saw was on a first date god how old was i probably like in the ninth or tenth grade in high school and 
The guy that I was with took me to see a movie called House by the Cemetery, which is by an Italian director named hmm. Lucio Fulci. Fulci. If you watch it now, you will be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it is shot Patrick's in Italian it. and, o- and overdubbed in English, which in the ninth grade, I don't know how I missed that. I'm going to tell you something. That movie is like a horror fairy tale. And I don't mean like castles and princesses. I mean like dreamlike and surreal. Like what is happening? It like got into the fabric of my being. It scared the shit out of me. I watched a whole bunch of it through like hands over my eyes. (laughs) We went home after that and good luck to him. I was no, no kiss. No, nothing like that. (laughs) I was like, let me out of this car and into my house where I can barricade myself in my room and think about what just happened here. (laughs) It was a great movie and I've rewatched it since then. It is ridiculous. It's so bad that it's good. Everybody kind of has a movie like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what this one is for me. I think I need to post a link to it on our Facebook page now since you talked about it. So, because I brought it up here on IMDb and. You should. Yeah, I watch it Even the poster too. is kind of ridiculous. It is so, so maybe you guys yeah. should review it for your next podcast. Like, uh, no. We should do that for like one of our 15 minute fright casts. That would be fun. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, that is the, that's the first horror movie that I ever saw. I'm look. I'm pulling up the poster right now. This is fantastic. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> Well, what about you, Maddie? What was your first one? What was your uh, first one? <laughs> <laughs> well, both involved clowns. Um, Hot. But I, <laughs> I, was, I remember, <laughs> so when I was like really little, I was afraid of literally everything. And I don't know what changed, but all of a sudden I was like, Mom, I want to watch Stephen King movies. And I don't know why, except for I think it had something to do with the movie Cujo, and I always have loved dogs. And so I was like, doggy. And um, so I remember I started kind of watching Stephen King movies, and my mom wasn't a huge, she was a huge fan of horror when she was probably like in her early 20s. But by the time I had come around, she was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. But she always would watch horror movies before I watched them. Not to make sure there weren't too violent, but uh, she wanted to make sure there was no titties in it or no sex in it, which makes sense to me, I so suppose. So American. I, love yeah, it. I know. I was like, Mom, you're the most American person I love. I don't it. care if they decapitate someone, but you ain't seeing no titties. Yeah, you better not see a nipple, um, even though you have to. Right. But um, the first like time I really got into horror was also with my mom we were at the movie theater and i saw a poster for freddy versus jason and i was like oh what's that and she says oh not this shit again and then that's when she told me that in the 80s they she told me about the two series in the 80s friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street and i was like oh i i need to watch them and so i started watching the friday the 13th series and oh my god i got disgustingly into freddy versus jason like i had it as like my computer background like it was ridiculous and then like after my nagging and my mom took me to go watch the movie in the theater and that was like i don't know my first real horror experience you know in the theater and it was kind of weird like there was a ton of people in the theater and there's this creepy old guy next to me that 
jerked off at some point during the movie. What they the were hell? Really- <laughs> the total horror experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they got everything. And I just have never looked back. Luckily, no one's jerked off next to me in any more movie theaters. <laughs> do you remember? That you know of, yeah. Do you remember what part of the movie that was happening? <laughs> no, I don't even really remember what he was it's doing his over mom there. Is on the just- and she's like, I love you, Jason. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so now we know why you don't like to go to movies at a theater. You know, yeah, I know it's clear. probably like some like a deep-seated like fear of like being this is in like Pee-wee 2003 yeah someone like peewee hermony in me so you know that we love you, Paul. <laughs> you know i didn't even have to pay for a psychologist thank you patrick <laughs> I enjoy how you just use the word Pee Wee Herman as a verb. Yeah, I love the term Pee Wee Hermy. Herman. Herman. I can't even say it. We all knew what she meant, too. We were exactly. like, yeah. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Maddie, I have a quick sidebar question for you, and it is this Were you attracted to Freddie at all? And I asked um, because I had a next door neighbor girl who he was like a romantic love interest for her, and I was always like, what the? Hmm. No, um, I was always on Team Jason. Ah. Um, and I do actually think Robert England is an attractive man, but I don't think he's attractive as Freddy Krueger. Um, also, the whole him being a child molester thing, that kind of turned me off a little bit, too. So it's not what I'm into, but... Yes, that charismatic but you, villain. Yeah, you've talked about Hellraiser a lot, so I have to throw out, what about Pinhead? Sexy? No. No, what the hell? No. What next? Am I attracted to the blob? Like, what the fuck? So, okay, this is really good for me, and I appreciate you answering that question, because now I can go, okay, so that's not like a regular thing, as I originally suspected. (laughs) Suspicion confirmed. That's that's Ted Bundy that everybody's thirsty over, I think. I think your neighbor No, your neighbor was special in that, and I check up on her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she has a shrine in her back room. Yeah. Was she the I'm... same girl that had fing- knives on her fingers? And there... <laughs> yeah, like, what about, did she ever say, like, what about that attracted her? i got to be honest with you. I assume that it was some of the later Nightmare on Elm Streets where Freddy gets a little more jokey and kind of mm-hmm. in control of some of the kids that he's killing. Mm-hmm. You know what okay. I mean? So it seems a little more us versus them as opposed to him just like killing kids as a regular guy. Okay. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, he's a short child molester. I just don't get the appeal. But, you know, what What have Do you? But those, but those accordion <laughs> arms, you know. <laughs> you know, those accordion arms. Right around you. Those snappy one-liners. There you go. We all love a one-liner king. True. (laughs) This took a turn. (laughs) I know this is. I'm going to go to the next question. Sidebar over. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have both been in horror for a relatively um, long time. What has your experience been as a woman working in the horror genre? Heather and I just looked at each other. (laughs) I'll say this. When I I lived in LA before I came out to Lincoln. And one of the reasons that I wasn't that interested in sticking around in Los Angeles was I felt not that anyone really ever said this to me, but I felt that I would end up being a cog in someone else's machine, that I wouldn't have the chance to lead something myself because there would always be someone more aggressive and like elbowing me out of the way to do what they wanted to do. It's kind of like growing up during like the early video game revolution. For me, the boys were always like, ah, you can't play that. Give me that. 
click, 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 mm-hmm. click, click. They're like having a great time. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And I don't really have the time, I guess, to like take this controller away from you. I'm just going to go do whatever I want to do. Yeah. So when I came to Lincoln, that was a big thing that I really thought about. And, and it really came true for me, too. I felt like I met people here who were willing to be a part of my team and let me call the shots. And that was awesome. So I would say that's probably been my general yeah. women in horror experience. Yeah. I, you know, I actually thought about this cause I f- assumed that this would be one of the questions that would so come smart. up <laughs> and, um, everyone that I've worked with, I haven't really had anyone, anybody that's like held me back saying, you know, I don't think you can do this or anything like that. But I think it's more me holding myself back, not, not being assertive enough. Like I've been told by a couple of people, okay, you you need to be the one to say, hey, this is how this effect is going to work. And this is how you can shoot it because, you know, otherwise it's not going to work. And it's hard for me to be assertive. And I think it's just a personal thing, not necessarily being a woman, but I, I find myself taking issue with taking that lead in that respect and saying, okay, this is how it has to work because, you know, it can't work any other way. And yeah, I know you want this, but it's not going to work that way. So yeah, I, I would say that that would be my experience is it's not necessarily other people pre- pushing on me. It's me pushing on myself. I just quickly wanted to say this too. And I feel like in Los Angeles, women, this is not entirely true, but women in the entertainment industry are objectified pretty hard. And being sexy is a very important part of your power there. Mm-hmm. But it also makes it difficult for you to be a boss because you're always kind of an object of desire. And my experience has been is that dudes are not really interested in the object of their desire, also calling the shots and telling them what the fuck you were late or I need you Mm -hmm. to get over here and carry this or whatever it is. Or no, that idea is good, but it's not good enough. We need to try again. Or if you're pushy, it doesn't happen very often anymore. But if you're pushy, then it's, oh, she must be on the rag. Oh, my God. Fuck that. Well, we'll talk more about that (laughs) later. (laughs) But so in Lincoln, one of the great things is I feel like you can be. A person here, it doesn't really matter what your gender is. You know, it's not so much about is she hot or do I want to fuck her or what a fucking bitch. It's more just like people I feel like literally look at you based on your ability to do the work that you want to do, the ideas that you have and how you execute. And everyone's like, Mm -hmm. that's how I make judgments, decisions on who I want to work with. Mm -hmm. And I'm crazy grateful for that. Yeah. L.A. is great when it comes to connections, but it don't have that. Mm-hmm. So you almost, and that's what you were saying. You wanted to bring people out here, so it's like I want to take some of those LA connections and bring them to this like mm-hmm. pond, this bigger pond, so to speak. True. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm really happy that no one's had a super negative experience <laughs> in the Nebraska film scene as a woman. That makes me happy. Yay, Nebraska! <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Going towards like female characters in horror movies, do you like how women are typically portrayed in horror movies? That's a tough one because there's always the the person that's the bimbo, obviously, and nobody really likes that character. But I don't want to say that you know going okay. Here's so one. Let's of, die first. Here's a favorite one of Josh's: the cabin in the woods. So yeah. you have to, you almost have to have. I don't want to say you have to have those tropes, but you kind of do you have to have those roles and so unfortunately it's usually a woman that gets thrown into the bimbo that doesn't mean that you couldn't have a guy that's like that i mean 
seriously with some could. low cut pants yeah that'd yeah. be great but no i mean like seriously you you could technically have that role reversal but it, it just doesn't happen very often and and then it seems like you always have the typically in horror it seems to be the you know it's the final girl and they're always virginal and and stuff like that and so they play with that in that movie saying well i'm not a virgin you know but someone had to fill the role and so she had to fill that role so kind of feels like there's two positions well three three there's smart girl there's the velma there's the daphne and there's you know i don't i don't know who else we can think of for for the uh the final girl but there's the you know i mean if you think about it it's the the non-hot chick that's really smart so it's kind of funny that it's like why can't you have a hot chick that's smart but it's the non-hot chick it's the hot chick and she's gonna die first and she almost always is topless almost always at some yeah. point in time, she's usually running topless without shoes. And you're like, oh, God, your feet, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter that you're like flapping in the wind, but your, te- your feet, you know, and, and they die in just insane ways, in, in ways where you're like, you could have gotten away, but you somehow stopped and fell on something, a, a pebble, and you, <laughs> you're leaning up against a tree and you, you die. And then you have that final girl. It just kind of feels like those are those are the only three types we have. You know, I don't know. That's just my opinion. And I, I feel like there's only those kind of those three roles. It is kind of weird when you think about how mm-hmm. when you just think about like the mass of horror movies and how it always seems like in let's call it 90 percent of the time it's dudes killing girls mm-hmm. sometimes and boys, too. Yeah. But girls. And I don't know if there is some primitive thing in us that likes to see that male female energy come together. You know what I mean? That is a predator prey scenario. Huge. Hardcore, that is the return of like innocence ultimately trying, triumphing over evil, but only when it's been, you know, tortured and covered in blood. Like mm-hmm. you, there's really just such a journey there. I was not ever aware of the final girl scenario until probably like three years ago. Like I never mm. thought about that trope that often. I just, I guess I just didn't really think about it. Yeah. I feel like some of them, like t- take Nightmare on Elm Street, for instance. That is a beautiful example of even in the 80s like taking that final girl trope and making her awesome she's not stupid she takes action and mm-hmm. i think that's the thing that you know we probably both have like a uh, reaction to like just fucking do something stop screaming i don't care who you're sleeping with <laughs> sleep with the whole right. football team but when the guy comes after you with an axe like don't just lose your mind yeah so i don't what are some horror movies that have come out recently where you see like girls, like what are the new roles? Is there a final boy? Have you guys seen any final boys? It's always been the final girl, but I also feel like the final girls have gotten stronger. Yeah. Every Much decade, mm-hmm. every decade, mm-hmm. the final and, girls mm-hmm. gotten stronger. And smarter as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and sure. I'm, I'm going to throw a kind of mediocre movie out there, but happy death day. <gasps> I uh, love happy death day. The, well, I, I do too, but generally the reviews are mediocre on it, but the lead character in that she's extremely smart and she fights back and everything else. So I, th- I, I, I love this shift that we are seeing, especially in the past decade of how much stronger that final girl is. And I wonder if it's, if that designation of final girl is going to shift away from being called final girl, maybe survivalist. I, yeah. I don't you know. know. Happy death day is such an anomaly too. She's not a virgin and she's beautiful. Yeah. And she's also a bitch at the beginning of it. And so it's also this amazing character arc, which Mm -hmm. you rarely see in a horror movie, of watching someone go from being kind of despicable to honestly pretty awesome. Usually you hate them. If you hate them in the beginning, 
you're happy when they die. The, yeah. The ones that you're hate, they're meant to die. That's like mm-hmm. the fodder that you don't yeah. care about, but we got to mm-hmm. raise that, you know, exactly. that body count. Well, and also I think I've personally seen, and I think we've covered a couple on the cast, like almost like an anti-hero role for the girl. Like we just watched American Mary for our last cast oh, and like, right. she was technically probably yeah. considered a bad guy. Cause I mean, she was kind of cutting people up. But, like, you were cheering for her. You just, like, yeah, like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you have, we watched Raw recently as well, and she was also, you know, cutting people up. But we also were rooting for her. So, like, However, I have seen a little bit of a shift like that. To interject there with American Mary, we f- we root for her because what happened to her that brought her to that mm-hmm. point? Mm-hmm. If it's she true. were just... You know, it's like American on Psycho grade. on everybody. Yeah. Exactly, not really, but kind yeah, of. yeah. I mean, yeah. if if she hadn't been either tortured, humiliated, whatever the right. situation is, then we probably wouldn't. You know, Which, it, it, it would, would be make interesting. Her, she would be a villain. Then. It'd be interesting if the if the roles were reversed. Just take any normal like Friday Thirteenth and and switch it and have Freddy is now Frida. And you know, how would we? You know, would we be rooting for her? They're laughing at my name. It was the first one I could think of. <laughs> I think uh, we're about to watch a movie for a Sunday's podcast that's uh, called You Might Be the Killer. And that's the closest to a final guy I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Um, that's the closest I've, I've ever seen again. But what's the – who? Uh, which movie was it again? It's called You Might Be the, you killer. Might be the killer. So you and you have watched this? Or? Uh, we're watching it for oh, okay. this coming podcast. Is it an so, American film? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And so I mean, obviously you don't have to say to give anything away, but the thing is, is, you know, what's the counterpart? So you have the final guy. Is it a female or is it a male that's killing them? Uh, I mean, you don't have to. No, I mean, just, just rhetorical, just rhetorical. Like if you replace. Yes. We can't non-binary. say because Maddie hasn't seen it and Greg's got right. his ears covered. No, no. I mean, just rhetorical. I mean, just like throwing that out there what if every role were reversed if you know if jason weren't a male if right. it was a female exactly how, how would we feel, feel about would that? we root for the I bad don't guy know. just it because it's a female movie. i don't know it's how true. well we would grab a hold of that i right. think it would it would be such a shock that i mm-hmm. think it would be hard for people to suspend their disbelief and i'm not saying right. that it shouldn't be done for that mm-hmm. but I remember reading an interesting um, exercise that a film professor kind of gave his class. And that was, I want you to take just your basic male tropes. And in this case, it was like a Western film and just put women in, not in those roles, but take women's roles and make them as, you know, powerful as two gunslingers fighting in the same. So it's two madams fighting, you know, over two houses of prostitution in the same Western town. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, Everything seems less important, more jokey. And you're like, so women's roles in general, especially when you look at them through a more stereotyped lens of film, you know, that requires simplicity in its narrative, Mm -hmm. just are not that powerful. And we don't believe it. It's only now, honestly, 2019, where you can have movies like Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm just grabbing those out of the air. But senses of women not only being superheroes, you know, having those superpowers. I guess the middle ground would be women in just regular everyday roles that also felt powerful Mm -hmm. in a film. Yeah. I mean, to add to that, actually, it was something I was reading about. Uh, There was a tweet that James Woods had put out Mm -hmm. about, uh, had you seen that, about uh, The Walking Dead and about how it's an estrogen fest now. And they should have paid Andrew Lincoln everything that he wanted to come back. And of course, 
Michael Cutlets comes in and is like, he didn't leave because of money. It's because he wanted to be with his family. So it was, it's interesting that, you know, this person and probably several people are thinking, okay, well, this show that now has majority of it is, is women, at least front running it. And it's an estrogen fest. And if this were the real apocalypse, you know, it's not, it's not believable because women wouldn't survive. Men would survive, but women wouldn't survive. So it makes me wonder if, if that's why, you know, because people still have this idea that women are weak. They can't, you know, they wouldn't be able to drive a movie like that where they're the killer unless it's because they, they were enraged because of something. They were attacked or they're brutalized or whatever. Then they're enraged. It can't just be because they're crazy. Women can't ever have power unless they've been brought to such a broken place yes. that yes. They, they will, then they will take it. But I will say, I think that most popular filmmaking is always about 15 years behind the times. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> those guys are still, you know what I mean? In another 10 to 15 years, guys like that are not going to, I don't think they'll right. have that same reaction. Mm-hmm. But for now, still for them, it's like 1999. Mm-hmm. This is not working. What the mm-hmm. hell? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see all these women on my screen in powerful roles. That's not how I want to live my right. life. That's not how my entertainment rolls. Mm-hmm. Those poor babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, um, I don't know if any of you guys watch the Hulu series Harlots, but it is really, really good. And it has a lot of really strong female characters. And it is about what Dorothy, what you had said earlier, it's about two madams at different brothels fighting over their territory over in their circle for you it's it's so good but like at the same time i'm kind of like well are guys attracted to this movie because it's about quote-unquote lusty women (laughs) like there's like thank you whoever that was (laughs) so i i don't know i feel like there should be a movie like that that you can like attract people in because it's a good story and people people will watch it and not just because there's like breasts and stuff in it. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like why does there always have to be something that lures people in? Why can't it just be a good women centric movie without it being like a revenge plot? Maddie, or like, You're so right. You know, when women start transcending the objectification, when it's not just about could she have babies or could I have sex with her? That is when things become different. Like if you look at three billboards outside of Ebbing, right? What's that actress's name? It's Francis Francis McDormand, McDormand, right? Yeah. I felt like she really transcended gender there. She was warm and motherly and also just a stone cold, like not killer, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just do whatever she needed uh-huh. to do. Yeah. She wasn't beautiful, but she was riveting. And that's what I would love to see more of. I find her incredibly attractive because she's so strong. Yeah. I mean, as, as a person, as an actress, not just the characters that she plays. I is that a, she's amazing. Is that a cultural thing too here uh, if, if, in horror? Like if you look at like, uh, like Asian culture and like those movies, like, I feel like there's stronger female characters always in those movies. Um, am I wrong on that point? Wow. That's, I would have That'd said, mm, I would no, say no. The other way. Okay. I just, I just, I guess I mean, it's probably the movies that we watch. Yeah, maybe that, that we've noticed that. Okay. Well, and that's like, I'm sure everyone has heard my rant about how much I hate nudity in horror films, but I always say I hate it in American films because I have no idea what other cultures view, how other cultures view their women 
and view gender roles and view sex and all that stuff. So I'm like, no, my rage is purely concentrated (laughs) in the American cultural phenomenon that is just titties in horror movies. If If it drives the plot in some way and it makes sense in it, then fine. But if you can do the same scene without it in there and it makes perfect sense, like obviously if it's, let's say that there is a a couple that's having sex, you can't have them in a snowsuit. You know, that's not going to make sense. You don't have to necessarily focus on it, but But, if it's something that drives, right. Right. Yeah. So that like, if you can, if you can take it out and it still be a good scene and it makes sense, then there was no need to have it in there. So only if it drives the plot in some way. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's a scene, um, Carrie. Carrie's in the bathroom. She's in the shower. You don't have to necessarily show it. But, you know, she's she's cleaning off in the shower. It's, it's in organic. A, it, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, oh, look at her. Look at, you know, it's not focusing in. Horrible movie, but Bordello of Blood. <laughs> right on the screen. Boom. Just fill up the entire screen side to side of you know, pair of tits. And so it's like, was that necessary? But also it was a campy movie. So it's forgiven. But there's so many movies that are kind of like that. They, f- they focus on it. Like, you know, if, if you're really getting chased by a killer, you're probably, probably one, not going to be sleeping naked. But two, you're probably going to grab the first thing you can to protect yourself. Like a blanket, it's something. And so it's just kind of funny to me when I see all these women that are running through and they're just completely naked. And it's like, you probably would have grabbed something on your way out the door. And I'm sorry, that is so uncomfortable to run with like your boobs just like flying loose. It it hurts so bad. So like even like if I couldn't find anything to cover, if I was being chased by someone, I'd be like running through the woods like cupping my girls. Like just don't move. Don't move, ladies. We'll get out of here. We'll make it through, Lefty. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Well, This is kind of, this next question is kind of based off what we just talked about. But also, um, Dorothy, you shared a really, really cool article earlier today, I believe, about women in cinematography and just like who we should be watching out for and stuff. And do you think there is kind of a shift in the roles that women are taking in the horror industry, not just on the screen, but like in cinematography, in directing, and Heather in um, special effects? Like, are there, more is there more of a focus on like new and upcoming horror creators i think that the industry is working hard to create more diversity gender diversity for that yes you know you are seeing more female cinematographers more female all the what i would think of as the big boss roles for sure but i would lay money that they are still rare that mm-hmm. they are still outweighed by probably 70%. And that's just a guess mm-hmm. of guys in those roles. Do you, what do you think? Heather? Yeah, I agree. Plus there's, I mean, there's, I'm still rather new to the effects world. So, you know, there's very few names that I can think of, you know, venial is the first one I could think of in the effects world. So I would have to, I know that there's several, I'm sure, but you know, you, it gets outweighed by all of the Greg Nicotero's and the Dick Smith's and the, you know, like all of them in the world. And then on top of it, when you do have females at the helm, you have the group of people, which, you know, there's always been that group of people that are like, they're going to ruin it. You know, it, like um, any particular film series, if, if a woman takes over, then it's they're going to ruin this thing that I like. 
because they're not going to do well. I, I, I find that a lot. It's, it's still toxic. So even, mm-hmm. even though we still have, you know, we have more women doing some of these lead, these leadership roles in film, it's still very toxic behind it. It's hard in a lot of cases for those women. I was thinking about the women who dire- the woman who directed the first Twilight movie. You know, they did not bring her back, and there was a whole bunch of kind of slandering her reputation. Like she cried all the time, and she couldn't. She wasn't able to communicate with the crew, and they didn't tell her, and she wasn't very assert. Or to my mind, just bullshit. Mm-hmm. When I think about every director that I've ever known who has anxiety freakouts on the set, Mm -hmm. who loses it in some rage-filled scenario or needs to go to their fucking trailer and cry. Everybody has their thing. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a fucked up double standard, I think, that I think if you find yourself in a toxic situation, like you said, that you cannot win. That's Mm -hmm. unfortunately Mm -hmm. how that goes. Because there are two things that really keep women from moving forward in an artistic and creative, bigger environment scenario. One is, being objectified and being seen as a sex object, that's the only reason that you're there. I want to date you. I'm going to harass you. You know, that's the only thing that I'm thinking of. I'm not seeing you as a person, much less an artist. And the other thing is not getting access to the tools and the time and the attention. Everyone else has, you know, the camera. That's changing probably more than anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, that was something that I thought was kind of interesting with this new Pet Cemetery movie that's coming out because. The original Pet Cemetery was directed by a woman, and in the 80s, yeah. that was kind of a thing. That's right. And then, like, I thought it was interesting that they didn't hire another woman, female director, to do the remake. They hired two guys to do it instead, and I was just kind of like, was that a decision that they made because they thought, well, these are the best people for it? Like, I just kind of wondered why they didn't, like, take that legacy on as, like, a tribute to someone who was doing something new. Wow, that is a great question. Mm-hmm. And I would side note and say, when are we going to see like two women directing teams? Like we're seeing all of these two guy directing teams. Heather, are you ready to step up? Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I've had some, you know, rumblings in and rumblings around the back of my head. Yeah. Well, have you guys seen any of the movies by the Soska yeah. sisters, the two German twins? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only yeah. female directing group they that I American can think of right, right now. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. They have Rabbit coming out. They did American Mary. They did Seen yeah, Evil too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dead Hooker in the Trunk. That's the one that I'm the most familiar yeah. with of their their oeuvre. Yeah, yeah. which I have nev- I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dead Hooker in a Trunk feels so early 2000s to me, I and I don't necessarily mean that movie. And it itself, could be a comedy, but you know? just like the trope of a dead hooker in the trunk. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Maddie. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, what creative roles would you like to see women taking more of? Like, do you want to see more female directors, more female special effects artists, more what? Like, what would you prefer to see? I would love to see a female gaffer. I would love to see a woman that was working with light and really like knew what she wanted, knew what to atmospheres to create. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, I, I have to research more into it, so I'm not quite sure how many female effects artists out there. Obviously, you know, we've seen people on Face Off, and, you know, there's there's quite a handful. It's a good grab bag of column A and B, but 
it'd be interesting to see just how many people are out there in the field as a, in a leadership role and not just part of a team, like, Oh, you're effects mm-hmm. artist number four and you filled up the tube with blood. You know, <laughs> how many, how many people are out there creating characters, you know, costuming. Yeah. And there's actually, there's probably quite a few females in costuming. That's yep, probably costume pretty and, and yeah. beauty makeup, right? hair. That's a different scenario, but mm-hmm. you know what you don't see a lot of, I don't think, Women as production designers. Right. That would be cool, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Is there anyone in the horror industry that you really look up to? Mm. <laughs> Dorothy's facing with that question was Good the best, question. by the way. Is there? I don't know. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that guy's a jerk. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if I have an answer for that. Boring. I guess I don't know about look up to necessarily, but the the mythos of Night of the Living Dead, I guess, is one that I really like. Advertising agency by day, that's what they were doing in I guess Philly, right? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then decided to make a horror film with all of their buddies and friends and mm-hmm. just kind of put that together. That kind of that speaks to me, but that's not you know that much different probably than just a Robert Rodriguez or anything mm-hmm. else. I think it's the advertising agency part that draws me. Like, yeah, man, do that. <laughs> I don't know. I I defer. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, it's really hard. I mean, especially. I mean, I feel like my time, even though it's been at least you know six or seven years now, I feel like my time is still it's still in that infancy level, and so. You know, while I know a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, you know, hear names and, you know, buzzwords and whatnot, it's, you know, do I want to say that's the that's the person that I look up to, you know, just because I know of that person's work. So, yeah, that's that's really hard. Um, I would say for me, anybody that does something like they were the innovator of something. So just as in general, like they had no idea how to do this. And so they did the most bizarre you know, ghetto thing to make it happen. That speaks to me. So even if that's like an indie person, you know, making something happen where they don't have thousands and thousands of dollars for these crazy rigs. And if they were able to make it, you know, work, pull it off and people were, you know, that suspension of disbelief there, that's what I look up to. So I don't know if I have a necessarily like a specific name, but okay. You know, like I mentioned earlier with the nightmare on Elm street, just the sheet to me, it's like, oh, wow, we could do that. And that's super cheap. And, you know, and it looks super cool. So mm-hmm. that's, I guess that's my idea of what's cool. You know, you saying that totally made me think this is not necessary. I don't know him personally what this person is like, but the guy who did the paranormal activity movies, that there, guy yeah. is a great <laughs> example. Yeah. The, the um, first person that does that, you're like, yeah, oh, talk wow. about, yeah, just like a super simple or innovator. Blair Witch, the yeah. first Blair Witch, you know, that comes out and everyone's like shocked. Whoa, what is all this? And what did they do? They ran outside tents and they, you know, shook the tent and they threw, made rock piles and it creeped everybody out. And then, of course, you had all slew of documentary esque type movies after that. But that first one where you're like, whoa, what is this that I just watched? That's it's pretty cool. He really took that found footage concept and he really, and he turned it around. He made it fresh again and simple. I love all of those, mm-hmm. all of the paranormal activity movies and they hang together, which I think mm-hmm. is crazy in terms of a narrative. Yeah. So yeah, that guy. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Orrin Pelly is his name. Thank, what's his name? Orrin Pelly. Orrin Pelly, yeah. 
Looking forward to this year, what movies are you really looking forward to? Happy Death Day 2! Yes! I can't <laughs> wait! I'm, I'm excited for um, Captain Marvel, you know? Real talk. I want to see Pet Cemetery. Maybe. Maybe. It's going to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. When I saw The Grudge in the theater, I couldn't sleep for a month. As soon as the sun went down, I was like, what is happening? Did you guys hear that? That's what's... Uh, sorry, Maddie. I'm, I'm going to step on toes for one second. Oh, you're fine. That's what I find really interesting, Dorothy, is that you live kind of in this genre, and yet you find movies that still scare the scare shit out of you. Yeah, the, um, I love that. Yeah, Josh I'm, and I were having this discussion the other day that we can't find movies that scare us anymore. We find movies that disturb us, yeah, but it's, it's, it's hard really to find movies that really scare I us. still watch movies through fingers, even though, you know, I don't know how many times, I've probably stretched out so many shirt sleeves of Kyle's because, <laughs> you know, I'm like watching it and I know what's going to happen. I'm like, I know how this movie works. I know what's going to happen. I know the formula. Oh my God, they're going to poke out an eye. Oh my God, they're going to poke out an eye. And I'm covering my face the whole time. And then they don't poke out an eye. And then I'm like, okay, okay, cool. But every time that comes up, that's my thing. So when you guys made me make a fake eye, yeah. Yeah. Assholes. Anyway, so I have a thing with eyes where I, it freaks me out when there's that looking in the peephole. It's like that person's going to lose that eye right now. So, I feel like I learned something about you Heather just learned today. Something about me. Yeah. Now we know what to get her for. Like, Heather, I have protective gear. Like I Heather's have protective gear. Say, I, I will definitely use this for good. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's right. That's Damn right. It. I forgot Maddie's there. <laughs> what about you, Maddie? What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to Pet Cemetery. I am looking forward to Rabbit as well because I have this really strange obsession with rabies and I will watch any movie that that's like the basis for. I don't know why it's gross, but I love it. Um, That's actually part of my degree is what I want to, I want to specialize in large mammal diseases. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is shit about rabies. (laughs) Shit about rabies. Shit if you're listen rabies. to if your thesis is not titled Shit About Rabies, I'm gonna be yeah. real disappointed. So that's what it'll be a shit right about there. rabies. For me. So Maddie's title on the show is shifting from the Scream Queen to the Doctor of Shit About Rabies. Yes. yes. The Doctor yes. of Rabinomics. Rabinomics. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm gonna ask this question. We all know this question was coming. Who's your favorite final girl? I'm just licking the windscreen, Heather, and take this started off. Oh, man. I don't know. Um, that's too late. Tough. I'm jumping in. Yeah, all jump. right. Jump. So yeah. I have two. Obviously, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. She is the mm-hmm. bomb. I would be her best friend in a hot second. I don't know if we could go so far as Carl the Girl Crush, maybe, but that. <laughs> and then the second is, this is true from... From the 80s, but having met her recently made it even more so. And that's Kelly Maroney from Night of the Comet and Chopping Mall. She was the cutest, funnest, sassiest <laughs> final girl. She seemed like a real person mm-hmm. to me. And so, and plus, I love Night of the Comet. Those are my two. Yay. I was going to say Nancy, but I was like, you know, is there anybody else that I can think of? Because we kept on talking about her earlier. But... You were like, I don't know. It seems kind of trite know. now. Yeah. God damn it, Dorothy. Don't stop taking my answers. Jeez. Yeah. We can count it. It's fine. Okay. She gets two points. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me choose the winner. 
Well, I'll ask you both this as creators. What is on your horror bucket list? Like, what do you want to do? Like, your ultimate holy grail, if I got to direct or if I got to make this effect, like, what would it be? I want to have no restrictions. It seems like a lot. Of, actually, we didn't have a whole lot of restrictions when we did Corruptor. I was able to get blood all over that one room. So much like, blood. so much blood. So much blood. But it was, it was fun. It was nice because... I mean, as long as we were to, able to clean it up and, and you said it will clean up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll clean up. And it did. It cleaned up beautifully. I knew it would, but well, yeah. I usually have limitations. You can't get blood on the wall. You can't get blood on the floor. You can't get blood on the carpet. You can't get blood on this, that, this, that. And so it's like, eh, this is hard. And so one of these days, I just want to be totally prepared and unleash a blood cannon <laughs> just like all over the place. Just go crazy with it. Just unleash it and not have it be in the cold because I've had issues where blood freezes in tanks. So not have it in the cold, <laughs> you know, not have anything that plugs up, you know, no tubes plugging up. Just just unleash a fury, just a bucket full of it and just like throw it on people. I think we did that to you once in the basement, didn't we, Maddie? I think, I think we threw so. Someone. No, yeah. that was Ashley. Ashley was the one that we threw um, cups of blood on her. Like, it was the last take, and we're like, Pah! and just, like, got her. That was awesome. <laughs> so, funny story real quick. Back when I did effects, we did make a blood cannon out of a wet vac, and... Um, <laughs> We um, were in a new building down in the Haymarket, and um, the poor director had gotten a an insurance, taken an insurance out on this. But we were pretty much, there was one office that was already built in this, and the rest was just open for us to use. And we were trying to make this blood cannon, and we couldn't find, we were trying to test it, and we couldn't find an outlet outside. So we were like, no big deal. Let's go test it out in the bathroom. Oh, no. No, yeah, no yeah. Our director walked in, and everything is covered in blood, and it stained the white. It stained the urinal. It stained everything. And he comes in, and we're like scrubbing what looks like a literal bloodbath off the thing. And he just like walks in, all the color drains out of his face, and he just walks back out. (laughs) So be careful with that blood cannon because it does go everywhere. But see, that's the thing. Like, it would be nice to have a location where it doesn't matter. It's okay. It's fine. And and just not have any, you know, not have time restriction. That would be another one. And to budget. Have, you know, budget, you know, budget, time restriction, because there's there's a lot of times where it's like it has to work right now. Mm-hmm. And if there's a budget restriction, you don't necessarily have the money to test, 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 test. You have to, you know, I'm going to test with water because water's free. Well, water isn't the same thickness and, you know, there, it's just not going to be the same. So there's a lot of things that I wish that there would be, you know, unlimited, obviously everybody wants unlimited resources, but mm-hmm. it'd be cool if, if I could have at least one of those, it would be, we don't care what happens to this room, what happens to these costumes, just unleash fury. That would be cool. It feels like a t-shirt to me, like yeah. unleash fury, fury. bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> on the back, it says bloodbath. Yeah. For me, I would say there is a horror film that came out sometime in this last decade uh, called the pact and i love it because it is so simple and yet it is terrifying and my goal would be to create something in a similar vein i would love to work inside my limitations as they are and yet create something that was powerful and memorable and entertaining and scary 
that is like the fucking holy grail for my mind. <laughs> so, yeah. But I also want to work on Heather's bloodbath. Yeah. So I'm totally. I, I think we all want to work on Heather's bloodbath. I would agree. I agree. Everybody, everybody get in the bloodbath. I'll make it warm too. So it'll be, you know. This is good. Better and better. <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> um. Real quick, I want you guys to both talk about, Heather, I know you have an effects company, and Dorothy, I know you have a production company. I just want you guys to talk about those and kind of what the name is, what where we can see your work, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, Heather. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> mine is Evil Forest Effects, and I am on Facebook. That's pretty much where I put all of my stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'd like to get clips of. Some stuff hasn't been uh, released yet, so I'm hoping to either, I don't know, get screen grabs or, or something, you know, either from directors or, or me just cutting it myself to be able to put like a sizzle reel together. That'd be nice because I do more than just effects. I do the props and I do beauty makeup and, and different stuff like that. So it'd be nice to kind of put something together that encompasses the whole shebang, you know. So, yeah, Facebook. My Facebook presence is crap. Um <laughs> <laughs> what how's that spell? So C R R. So check us out. Facebook there, slash crap. Like that page. <laughs> um our company is Unfiltered Entertainment. And that's me and Chad Hofschild and Andrew Johnson and um Greg Kubachek. And you can visit our website and we've got links to all of our stuff, shorts and features where you can watch it, etc. And the website is unfiltered ent.com. So yay. Hi. Check it out. <laughs> well, I'm actually out of questions that I prepared ahead of time. So I'd like to kind of open a time for if the guy will let the guys speak, I guess, if they want to. Yes. And um, or if there's anything that we didn't cover tonight that you guys want to talk about, like now is that time. Open floor. Uh, I was making some notes as we were going along, but then you turned around and went ahead and answered the question, asked the questions, or somebody went ahead and answered it on their own. The only question that I had outstanding from my notes was, uh, Dorothy, you had mentioned you're a Stephen King fan, and Heather, I don't know about you, if you mm -hmm. read Stephen yeah. King, uh, he seems to be going through this renaissance right now. What is your favorite Stephen King book? What is your favorite Stephen King movie? Ooh. The book that scared the shit out of me was Salem's Lot. That is the book that I read. And when I was done, I took it outside and threw it into the woods. Oh my. Because I was like, this book is evil. If it stays in the house, the things inside of it are going to come out and kill me. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so I would say book. Actually, The Green Mile. There's just something about it. Just I, I know it's not horror but there was something about it that i just i loved and then movie gosh there's so many that are good but pet cemetery that was you know that was one of that was one of the of the the earlier ones that i you know that i had seen when i fact you know actually was able to see scary movies it was like oh what's this pet cemetery so i like that one as well there's just gauge just oh my god you know that poor little baby just oh my god i can't even that book think. is uh, i'll say movie yeah. silver bullet right yes with the werewolf right yes. <laughs> oh my god and cory hey one of the i don't know if it was before or after the movie came out but for a while i had um a book 
that was basically the movie script turned it novelized with these beautiful full color illustrations. Mm. It was intense. Isn't that Gary Busey's in that also? Yeah. 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 It's the uncle. I got rid of all of my Stephen King books probably like seven or eight years ago because I was like, I just, they're just too hardcore, man. Did you watch uh, Castle Rock? Yes. What'd you think of that? Enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked all the little references. Yeah. You know, how he ties it in with everything else Mm -hmm. in his universe. Yeah. It was, it was fun to try to pick them out and to see, you know, obviously look at websites to see if there were Easter eggs that you missed. And it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. That was, that was pretty cool. I like to talk about filmmaking in Nebraska. Yeah. So have you seen a boom in filmmaking in Nebraska since you started, since you started making movies, Dorothy? And have you started seeing like a boom in, filmmakers and movies coming out of Nebraska since since you started doing this? I would say definitely. And I mean, yeah, it seems like every time I turn around, there's like some, you know, some new kid on the block or just right. a new person that I haven't met or heard about. A lot of people, I feel like, are making shorts and, you know, mm-hmm. to some degree, this is not horror. It's just kind of filmmaking across the board. I'm seeing some high fucking dollar shorts getting yeah. made too. Where like, yeah, the caliber Jesus is, is I mean, if That's impressive. not, not that the first Prairie Lights didn't have good, you know, stuff in it, obviously, right. but comparing to what we're, some of the stuff that we're seeing now, you know, years later, the caliber is, that bar is getting set higher and higher. I would agree with that. And I feel like, too, though, that is an ever kind of renewing cycle because a lot of those folks, mm-hmm. I think, are moving away at some point to right. practice that elsewhere. Yeah. Guys, any other questions or girls? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to touch on? <laughs> you know, I I'll just side note and say one of the funny things that I briefly thought that this morning I got up and I was like, man, I hope that this question doesn't come up. And then I saw it. Well, if it does, this is what I'm going to say. The question I thought might come up or my fear was it might come up is like, how are women so suited to make horror films? Is that, is there a reason? Do they bring something special to the table? Are they better at blah, blah, blah? Can they such and such? (laughs) The thing that I was going to say was, well, we're intimately connected to blood. It just, Happens oh. every month, mm. bitches. And so, no. yeah, we, you know, those are our credentials right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. With a menstruation, joke, comedy, uh, concept, yeah, I'll just end this whole thing. Girl power. <laughs> Except I don't have a uterus, and I think I'm the one that brings the most gore when we were talking about movies. So. Girl, you've, yes. You've definitely added a dark side to our, to our podcast. Oh, happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we have nothing else, real quick, I, we have a time where we get to pimp out stuff that we got going on. We got plugs. So um, I'm going to go ahead and start off real quick and just say, everybody, check out Heather and Dorothy's work. And also, I would like you to go to womeninhorrormonth.com. They have amazing events. They got they have a blood drive that they do. Um, this is their tenth year. They um, have a film fest. Just go and support women in horror. Your local women, your women all over. Just love us. Love us in our blood and our titties. Just- <laughs> and I will open the floor up to other plugs. Team Maddie. That's I'm on Team Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> Heather, your 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 website or your Facebook presence again is it's Evil Forest Effects. 
And Dorothy? Unfiltered-ent.com. Excellent. Josh, do you have any plugs? No, I just want to second Maddie's uh, plug minus the the bloody tits. Uh, go check out <laughs> Dorothy and, and uh, Heather's stuff. They do uh, they do kick ass stuff. So go check them out. They do. They do. Greg, you got anything? I feel like my plug would be a little underwhelming considering the uh, amazing podcast that we just had. So I'm going to say I'm Greg the Movie Guy, and uh, thank you, ladies, for stepping in. And uh, this was awesome listening to. <laughs> It was yes. such a pleasure to, and just such an honor to be invited to y'all's podcast. Y'all do mm-hmm. such great work, and I was really flattered and happy to be here. So thank you. Oh, you much. bet. Well, thank you. We definitely know that we'd love to have you on again, both of you, anytime. So if you if if there's any time you're thinking, hey, I've got nothing else to do, <laughs> let's go hang out with these well three losers at the table yeah. here, and, and just <laughs> sit down. cuties. Uh-huh. And just just talk shit about movies because that's what we do. So I'm going to go ahead and plug that if you are a fan of the Frightcast, and we know you are, please help us out. Make sure that you head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you happen to listen to us on and make sure that you rate and review us. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many, many more. You can also help us out with some, well, the minor bills, help us pay for the domains, for the podcast, for a couple things like that. Head on over to patreon.com slash Midnight Frightcast. And make sure to check us out online. You can find us on Twitter at MFrightcast. You can follow us and join in the conversation on our Facebook group, Midnight Frightcast. And you can also find us on Instagram, Midnight Frightcast. So share, 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 and share some more. Tell all your friends, post it on your walls. And invite your family, make a dinner of it some night where you're just sitting around, maybe watching a movie, eating some popcorn, turn the sound down on that movie, just listen to us instead. And finally, make sure that you check out our films at MidnightFrightFilms.com. Well, awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you so much to our amazing guests from everybody here at Midnight Frights. Thank you very much and have a good night. 